All right, so everyone, welcome back. Uh, this is part two of episode 29. I did. I had so much information over the weekend. It was a crazy weekend, um, and I still have more more information to go over. So if you remember from our last segment, we ended on talking about Joe Biden uh, and, trying, and his assault on the Second Amendment and him saying the stupid thing he said about the Second Amendment and Texas and Arizona – uh, doing gun laws and things like that and not working with the federal government. So we're going to move on to our next subject here. We're going to talk about the Supreme Court in a second. But, um, yeah, so first we're going to talk about uh, immigration. So immigration is you know, one of the big topics of our, of our time. So the Pentagon chief says that the United States remains committed to Israel after Biden goes to rejoin the Iran nuclear deal. And that's the same Iran nuclear deal that you saw President Obama give Iran 150 billion dollars with a B billion, and so remember that Iran and Israel are pretty much sworn as enemies. And if you saw that the news uh, recently, they had a Iran had a boat, Iran had like a, a ship in the Red Sea, and that Red Sea was actually attacked. Something happened to it. It was like explosion happened, and apparently there was a bomb placed on the hull of the ship by a diver, I guess. You know, and then um, Iran hasn't blamed Israel, uh, but Iran said somebody did it, and then Israel, um, a spokesman for Israel was asked about it, and he did not, he refused to answer whether Israel did that or not. I, you know, hey, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you didn't do it, I think you would just say no. But, uh, hey. So the Pentagon chief declares ironclad. United States commitment to Israel. So from Tel Aviv, the U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said on Sunday, declaring a, quote, enduring and ironclad, unquote, American, American commitment to Israel, reinforcing the support at a tense time in Israeli politics amid questions about the Biden administration's effort to revive nuclear negotiations with Iran's arch enemy, Iran, excuse me, Israel's arch enemy, Iran. Lloyd Austin's first talks in Israel uh, since he became Pentagon chief in January come as the United States seeks to leverage Middle East diplomatic progress made by the Trump administration, which brokered a deal normalizing relations between Israel and several Arab nations, nation states. So pretty much, yeah, if you didn't know, Donald Trump made some peace deals in the Middle East with uh, Israel and some uh, Arab states like the United Arab Emirates and other, other places like that. So that's, that's actually a pretty good thing, you know, the peace deals and things like that. So whether you like Donald Trump or not, you have to admit when he does something good, you have to admit when he does something bad. So... It's just how it is. You can't just take one side and just be like, oh, everything he does is good or everything he does is bad because he says stupid stuff all the time and he does good stuff. So it's nuanced. Same thing with Joe Biden, same thing with Barack Obama and any other president that you want to name. So it says, by coincidence, or, by coincidence or not, the defense secretary arrived as Iran reported that its underground Nance Natanz nuclear facility lost power just hours after starting up new advanced centrifuges capable of enriching uranium faster. If Israel caused a blackout, it will further heighten tensions between Israel and the Iranian regime, already engaged in a shadow conflict across the wider Middle East. Iran calls it an act of, quote, nuclear terrorism, unquote, but did not immediately blame anyone directly. So pretty much, if you if you know, you know the situation in the Middle East, Iran wants to destroy Israel. Iran is trying to build a nuclear weapon to destroy Israel. And then you have the United States hopping back into that trade agreement excuse me, not the trade agreement, but the nuclear agreement with with uh, Iran. You know, the one that Barack Obama gave him $150 billion. B, with a B, billion. You can't even, you can't even imagine $150 billion, okay? 
you can't even imagine that much money. Okay, if you had 150 billion in your pocket, I don't care who you are. You wouldn't even if you if somebody told you to spend that much money in a day, I don't think you could do it. I don't think you could. I couldn't. I don't even think I could spend a million in a day. I don't think I could. Uh, I can get half probably. <laughs> um, so after a meeting with Defense Minister Benny Gantz in Tel Aviv, Lloyd Austin said that he had quote reaffirmed our commitment to Israel in is enduring and ironclad, unquote. Austin made no mention of Iran. Gantz, in his own remarks, while standing beside Austin, said his country's, his country views the United States as a full partner against threats, not the least Iran. Neither official took questions from reporter. Well, I wonder why. I wonder why not. So, Gantz also goes on, the Tehran of today presents a strategic threat to international security, the Middle East, and to the state of Israel. We will work closely with our American allies to ensure that any new agreement with Iran will secure the vital interests of the world and of the United States, prevent a dangerous arms race in our region, and protect the state of Israel. So, you have that going on there. I don't know how the United States is going to justify to Israel uh, that they're hopping back in, back into bed with Iran. Iran, who's seen, Iran who screams death to America that Barack Obama gave $150 billion to. And I don't know how we're going to justify that to Israel. Because if I was Israel, I wouldn't be happy with it. Iran is the number one worldwide state sponsor of terrorism. They fund militia groups who go on and uh, create terrorism. Like if you had a terrorist, you have terrorist groups in certain countries, and uh, Iran will fund them to go ahead and topple the government. Sounds familiar, right? Hmm. So here is something that. I was absolutely discombobulated and dumbfounded at, you know, dumbfounded as in I found out that the people who are conducting this stuff are dumber than I thought they were. That's that's the dumbfounded I'm talking about. So get this, get this, get this, get this, get this, get this. The Biden administration, (laughs) the Biden administration wants to send money to Central America to halt illegal immigration. So he wants to give them your tax dollars that you work hard for in the middle of a pandemic that people have not been in work for. And he wants to give them your money. Huh. So, before I read this article from The Blaze, it says, I have a note here that says, it's funny how Donald Trump actually threatened to take money away from these countries in the form of tariffs and withholding aid if they did not keep the migrants in check. So Trump took money away and kept it. Joe Biden is giving money away. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, you actually had like Texas Attorney General um, wanted Biden to reinstate the Trump era era. Immigration policies? Ah, that's wishful thinking. That ain't gonna happen. (laughs) That ain't gonna happen. All right, not happening. Whether you like them or not, it ain't happening. So, article here from The Blaze. Blaze Blaze.com says, Biden considers sending cash payments to Central American countries amid border crisis. (laughs) It says, under, it has a subtitle, it says, more taxpayer dollars to foreign countries. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. Article says, President Joe Biden is considering a new plan that would send American taxpayer money to countries in Latin America in hopes 
an economic boost would alleviate problems that force citizens in those countries from migrating north to the United States. That is so idiotic. <laughs> Again, Joe Biden exercising the whiff, depth, and breath of his clownhood. Okay, yeah, the, the clown, his clownhood is uh, deep. I don't know when he grew into his clownhood. I just know that he hasn't grown out of his clownhood. I don't know. So, your taxpayer dollars are going to Latin American countries. To, to, they're trying to make an economic boost in Latin American countries. Here's the thing about that. A lot of these Latin American countries are socialist. Have you seen Venezuela? If they give American dollars to Venezuela, you know what, the, you know what Maduro's going to do in Venezuela? He's going to keep the money himself and not give it to the people. Why in the world would a socialist dictator give the people of the country money? I already told you about the currency of Venezuela. It's so absolutely worthless that they have to weigh the money in barrels rather than count it. Because that's how ridiculously worthless it is. Because they keep printing money. They keep printing money. They keep printing money. Stimulus, stimulus checks. Says news of the plan broke as Biden continues to grapple with a record-breaking migra migrant surge and intensifying border crisis that his administration has attempted to downplay. Have you noticed that Biden is just opening migrant facilities in different parts of the country, like Iowa, Texas, Colorado, and things like that, just opening uh, migrant facilities instead of keeping people from pouring into the country? And like I said before, we need to reform our immigration law so that it better reflects how we want to do things because like I said before we have people backed up to like the early 1990s who are trying to get into the country so this article goes on and says in fact custom and border protection data revealed that 172,000 migrants attempted to illegally cross the United States Mexico border in March alone and that's the highest number in more than one decade and an increase of 71% compared to February of 2021 why is this all happening now Why is the largest surge of, of illegal immigrants during the Biden presidency? Huh? Why? Hmm. wonder why. It says, according to Reuters, the Biden administration is considering a, quote, conditional cash transfer program, unquote, to help solve problems in the Northern Triangle region, Central America, which includes the countries of Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. Roberta Jacobson, the White House's southern border coordinator, revealed the existence, the existence of the plan. Jacobson did not, however, say exactly who might receive taxpayer dollars and how much money would be spent on solving economic problems in the Northern Triangle. So they're not going to tell us who's getting the money. You know what they're going to do? You know what I think they're going to do? They're going to give it to the dictators. Okay? That's what they're going to do. They're giving away all our money. This money that you don't have, that you have been locked in your house as they go out to $350 a plate and put your kids to sleep on Zoom. Okay? And they're just gonna send your tax. They're gonna give you six hundred bucks, put your kids to sleep, sit you in the house, and send the rest of that money to to Venezuela and Guatemala and Honduras and El Salvador to the dictators who are not even gonna give the money to the people, so that they can make a better life for themselves. So hey, this is what it is. It says uh, Jacobson says we're looking at all of the productive options to address both the economic reasons people may be migrating as well as the protection and and security reasons. People are so stupid. You want to know why people are migrating here economically? You want to know why? Because we have jobs here. We have good opportunity here. America is a great country. You know, people vote with their feet. 
people vote with their feet. You don't see people lining up to go into Greece. People are not lining up to go into the Congo. People are not lining up to go into North Korea. People are not lining up to go to Russia. It's not happening. So Jacobson adds, the one thing I can promise you is that the United States government isn't going to be handing out money or checks to people. Clown, oh my goodness. She's a clown. She's a pathetic clown. The one thing I can promise you is that the United States government is going to be handing out money or checks to people. So, but isn't that what the United States government does anyway? Remember those stimulus checks that they were signing during the Trump presidency and a little bit after the Trump presidency? They were sending money to like Pakistan for like gendered youth and all that mess. <laughs> And this idiot has the nerve, the gall, the audacity to tell us that the United States government isn't going to be handing out money or checks to people. That's where our tax dollars go. Our tax dollars are laundered overseas to foreign countries and foreign corporations. Excuse me. They are sent overseas. And that money is laundered back into the pockets of our politicians, the politicians that you love so much. How do politicians come into the government with no money and then become rich? Huh. Wonder, wonder how. Article goes on. It says, however, an official, an official with knowledge of the plan toward orders that quote the options for cash transfers would be to channel funds to individuals through international or local non-governmental organizations that would vet them. <sighs> wow. It says the Biden Biden has already asked for four billion in development aid to Central America over four years to address underlying causes of migrations. What about the people in America who don't have any money? What about the poor people? What about the homeless people? What about them? What about them? We're over here so focused on people in other countries. I get it. I get it. I get it. There are a lot of places in the world where people are suffering. Yes, they say, oh, those poor kids in such and such country in Africa and things like that. What about your next door neighbor? Your next door neighbor could be poor. Your next door neighbor could not have any food. That's what I'm talking about here. Come on now. This is the stuff I'm talking about. I mean, you folks are too smart for this. I mean, they're just sending our tax taxpayer dollars places and people just don't care. They're giving you a stimulus check so you shut up and you don't care. And you know what? Do you know what people are doing with these stimulus checks? Instead of paying their bills, these people are out here buying shoes and clothes and all this stuff. Oh my goodness! I, that's that is a that's a, that's a story for another day. I, I'll talk about that in a different video. Something I'll talk about that stuff in a different video. So, Joe Biden, our next subject here. Joe Biden continues his what I call an unbridled assault, but this time on the Supreme Court of the United States. So. I have an article here from The Guardian. Tells us Joe Biden orders commission to study Supreme Court expansion and reform. I'm going to have fun with this one. So, Joe Biden on Friday ordered a study of adding seats to the Supreme Court, creating a bipartisan 36-member commission that will spend the next six months examining the politically incendiary issues of expanding the court and assisting term limits for its justices. You know, the... Constitution does not have a set number of justices. But the thing is that Supreme Court justices are set for life because 
the founding fathers did not want the position the position to become political, overly political. It's it's actually pretty political because you 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 have them appointed by clown Republicans and clown Democrats. And of course, of course, the Supreme Court justices are going to be political hacks and political clowns. Of course, you know, it says. The executive order fulfills a campaign promise to examine court reform, including expanding the number of justices or setting term limits amid growing calls from progressive activists to realign the Supreme Court after its composition tilted sharply to the right during Donald Trump's presidency. Biden has not said whether he supports expanding the court, also known as, quote, court packing, unquote. So, so many people were screaming that Donald Trump is packing the court and things like that. Well, he didn't increase the number past nine. If you don't like his selections, I can understand because I think his selections were terrible. You know, I think Amy Coney Barrett's a clown and Brett Kavanaugh is pretty much another John Roberts. And then uh, Gorsuch surprises me sometimes, but, you know, in a good way, but then he does not fail to disappoint me. You know, that's the thing. <laughs> They're awful. You know, there's only two Supreme Court justices I even like. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to name them. There's only two that I like. If you know me in person, you're from my family, I've told you about it. So there's only two Supreme Court justices that I like. And neither one of them, neither of those two people were appointed by Barack Obama or Donald Trump. That, that, that should tell you what you need to know. Because both of those people, Barack Obama and Donald Trump, they don't know who to pick. For just about anything, okay? They, they don't know who to pick, okay? Because I could go on forever about how Trump picked people like Jeff Sessions, you know? And then Obama picked Merrick Garland. I just, oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. It, it, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You know? So, that's the thing is that some people were getting so angry at Donald Trump for pointing all these justices and things like that. So, the thing is that Donald Trump and the Republicans, they controlled Congress and the White House, from 2017 all the way to about, you know, uh, 2019. So about two years, they controlled all houses of Congress and the White House. How would you feel if Donald Trump would have packed the Supreme Court with seven or eight more conservative justices? You would not have liked that. You would have been angry. Also, uh, there is a couple sound bites I have about the Supreme Court. Uh, but, uh, I'm going to actually play for you Joe Biden on court packing when he was uh, asked about it. I would not get into court packing. We, we had three justices. Next time around, we lose control. They had three justices. We began to lose any credibility for the court has at all. Are you willing to tell... Now, that was Joe Biden asked about the court packing in 2019. Now, I know that you heard a little bit of Chris Wallace go ahead to uh, ask Joe Biden a question. I'm going to go ahead and uh, play the rest of that audio. So here is Joe Biden uh, recently. You know, he was after about in 2019, but here is him recently on the campaign trail when asked about the court packing. Tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court. Whatever position I take on that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. They'll know my opinion of court packing when the election is over. Now look, I know it's a great question, y'all, and I don't blame you for asking it. But you know, the moment I answer that question, the headline in every one of your papers will be about that. Other than, other than, focusing on what's happening now. Well, sir, don't the voters deserve to know? No, they don't. Deserve, I'm not going to play his game. He'd love me to talk about, and I've, I've already said something on, on Corpac. He loved so, yeah, apparently the American people don't deserve to know 
Joe Biden stands on packing the court. He said it. It was in the audio. No, they don't deserve to know. So there's that. You know, my only question is like, he, he opposed it in 2019, but now he's all for it. Like, what changed in him? What changed in him? Who's Who, who told him to do this? Who, who told him to do this? Because it seemed like he had a brain in 2019, and then now somebody just told him to do it. He's doing it. He also said, you'll know my opinion on court packing after the election. How do people just let that go? I mean, of course, people let that go because he's not the orange bat, the bad fat Hitler. Okay, He's not orange fat Hitler, so people will let it go as long as it's not fat Hitler. Now, then we have our favorite tarantula was asked by um, Mike Pence about court packing on the during a debate. So here is Kamala Harris when asked about the court packing by former Vice President Mike Pence. When you speak about the Supreme Court, though, I think the American people really deserve an answer, Senator Harris. Are you and Joe Biden going to pack the court if Judge Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed? I mean, there have been 29 vacancies on the Supreme Court during presidential election years from George Washington to Barack Obama. Presidents have nominated in all 29 cases. But your party is actually openly advocating adding seats to the Supreme Court, which has had nine seats for 150 years, if you don't get your way. This is a classic case of if you can't win by the rules, you're going to change the rules. Now, you've refused to answer the question. Joe Biden has refused to answer the question. So I think the American people would really like to know if Judge Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States, are you and Joe Biden, if somehow you win this election, going to pack the Supreme Court to get your way? I'm so glad we went through a little history lesson. Let's do that a little more. In 1864... Well, I'd like you to answer the question. Now, Mr. Yes, Vice she, President, I'm please, speaking. Please, I'm speaking. Okay. In 1864, one of the, I think, political heroes, certainly of the president, I, I assume of you also, Mr. Vice President, is Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln was up for re-election. And it was 27 days before the election. And a seat became open on the United States Supreme Court. Abraham Lincoln's party was in charge not only of the White House, but the Senate. But Honest Abe said, it's not the right thing to do. The American people deserve to make the decision about who will be the next president in the United States. And then that person can select who will serve for a lifetime on the highest court of our land. And so Joe and I are very clear. The American people are voting right now. And it should be their decision about who will serve on this most important body for a lifetime. Thank you, and, and Senator the Harris. People, Susan, are voting right now. They'd like to know if you and Joe Biden are going to pack the Supreme Court if you don't get your way in this nomination. Let's talk about packing. You once Come again on. gave a non-answer. Joe Biden gave a non-answer. <laughs> trying to answer you the now. American people deserve a straight <laughs> answer. And, and if you haven't figured it out yet, the straight answer is they are going to pack the Supreme Court if they somehow win. So there you have that audio there. So I will admit that both Kamala Harris and Vice President Pence had a, a good points there. That, you know, uh, we only fill, you know, seats have been filled every single time. And uh, uh, Kamala Harris was saying that uh, the thing about Abraham Lincoln not appointing the justice and things like that during the election year. I can totally see that because Mitch McConnell in 2016, when Justice Scalia died, Mitch, Mitch McConnell pulled that one on Barack Obama. And it is political hypocrisy. They are hypo the Republican Party. They, they are hypocrites. That's news to no one. 
Hypocrisy runs deep in that party. No, no news to no one. And so you see that they both have a point there. You know, um, you know, even Mitch McConnell said in an interview that if if a, if a vacancy opened up in the election year, what would you do? He said they'd fill it. So, yeah, I mean, so there are some people out there who will say, well, it's it's Kamala Harris is against Trump and Trump is orange fat Hitler. So whatever is against Donald Trump is good. It's right. Da, 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 da. And that's where I kind of want to stop you in your tracks, because former justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, was asked, actually asked about court packing. And here's what she had to say about court packing. You know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the champion for women and things like that, the legal giant. Yes, yes. There is no fixed number in the Constitution. So this court has had as few as five, as many as ten. Nine seems to be a good number, and it's been that way for, for a long time. I have heard that there are some people on the Democratic side who would like to increase the number of judges. I think that was a bad idea when President Franklin Delano Roosevelt tried to pack the court. His plan was for every justice who stays on the court past the age of 70, the president would have authority to nominate another justice. If that plan had been effective, the court's number would have swelled immediately from 9 to 15, and the president would have six appointments to make. You mentioned before, um, the court appearing partisan. Well, if anything would make the court appear partisan, it would be that one side saying, when we're in power, we're going to enlarge the number of judges, so we will have more people who will vote the way we want them to. Um, so I am not at all in favor of that solution to what I see is um, a temporary situation. So there you have uh, former Justice RBG showing her absolute knowledge on what was going on. I was actually going to do a history lesson on FDR packing, trying to pack the court in 1937, but uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg pretty much did that uh, herself. Only thing I will say is that the Democrats, the Democrats denied him the chance to pack the court. And the Democrats owned the White House, the House, and the Senate. The Democrat Party stopped FDR. His own party stopped him from packing the court. So we're going to move on now. So to our pretty much our last part, the last part of episode 29. And I have about three and a half minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, try to get this as quickly as I can. So China, 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 China. So China is slowly moving in on Taiwan. China's ready. China is like we've known for a little while. I think that I personally think that China will attack 
after the monsoon season. Um, that's just my, my, my own estimate when I look at the situation. So that would be around August, September, October. That's when I think that China would go ahead and make their move on Taiwan. But I could be wrong. I, I could definitely be wrong. I've been wrong before and I could be wrong about this situation. So it says, article from the Epic Times says, the Chinese regime is ready to attack Taiwan. It says, the, uh, actually the art of the, uh, author of this article's name is Alexander Liao, L-I-A-O, I'm probably pronouncing that badly. But it says, the Chinese regime's recent activities in the vicinity of the Taiwan Strait have greatly increased its internal activities signal that they are prepared to, for an attack on Taiwan. On March 23rd, U.S. Admiral John Aquilino said during a hearing over his nomination to become commander of the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command that the CCP could attack Taiwan much earlier than what most people, like myself, would expect. The CCP has been making final preparations against Taiwan over the past two years. Still, the timing and intensity of the attack probably depend on whether they believe the United States will fully support Taiwan. Recently, Chinese fighter jets have frequently entered Taiwan's Southwest Air Defense Identification Zone, while China's Liaoning aircraft carrier battle, battle group entered the Miyako Strait between Okinawa and Japan's mainland Miyako Island. So I actually talked about how that's gray area warfare. You can look up gray area warfare. This responds to the CCP's plan of encirclement. If a war begins, the CCP will probably use its air force as its main force to control the Bashi, the Bashi Strait in the southwestern Taiwan to block the United States forces from the Indian Ocean and Singapore. The CCP will likely use the Liaoning Carrier Battle Group to control Okinawa and to defeat, to, excuse me, to defend the mainland from Japan and the United States Army. So pretty much, yeah, in, in war, pretty much um, the United States, um, see, like, see, Japan's using their air force and uh, using their air force as power um, because you can see China likes to copy. And so the United States, what the United States usually, in war, what the United States usually does is establish something that's called air superiority. And so the United States has the most advanced air force in the world. Like I said in a past video, the United States Air Force can be ready in as little as 15 minutes for combat, from 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 stagnation to combat, they can be ready. So pretty much, you drive across town, you know, you drive to the bank and you get some money out of the bank and you come back home, and pretty much the United States Air Force is ready for combat. And so, air superiority is the most important part of the American military because if you are bombarding your enemy from the air, you can't establish ships in the ocean. And you can't establish infantry and forces on the ground. So air superiority is a key component of the United States military. And you see China going there to uh, copy that. So yeah, you have China go ahead and uh, getting aggressive down there. So the Secretary of State, uh, Antony Blinken, he warns that attacking Taiwan would be a serious mistake. But Antony Blinken did not say whether the United States would militarily respond. And I think that's weakness. I really think that's weakness on his part because, yeah, Donald Trump telling people we might have to totally destroy North Korea. Uh, you mess with us, you're going to find out what we can do and, and things like that. And actually striking in Baghdad when uh, Iran tried to attack U.S. interests, he actually struck and things like that. So does, does Biden have the trigger finger? Does he have it? You know, we saw Obama had it. Clinton had it, Bush had it, Trump had it. Does Biden have it? Does Biden have it? I don't think he does. I think Biden will roll over. I don't think Obama would. 
I don't think Trump would, but I think I think Joe Biden will roll over like a dog and uh, ask Xi Jinping, how high should I jump, master? Because that's what's going on. And also, China's also been harassing Vietnam. Vietnam is actually gearing up for battle right now. This is crazy. This stuff that we're seeing around the world is absolutely crazy. It's, it's, it's actually pretty scary. Because along with that, you know, we also have Russian troops on the border of Ukraine. And this stuff is really, really heating up here. We're actually seeing some real stuff. And you have, um, I guess, in my personal opinion, I think that Israel was conducting those things against Iran. Like, you know, shutting, uh, shutting out the power on their nuclear um, plant. And then, you know, setting a, uh, you know, setting a bomb on their ship in the Red Sea. Per, in my personal opinion... I think Israel is doing that, not to, you know, not that it's, you know, I'm not saying it's good or bad or that Israel's good or bad or something like that because Iran is evil. You know, Iran is screams death to America and they hate the West and things like that and So yeah, I mean, you you, you better buckle up and get ready cuz stuff is getting crazy out here. Stuff is really really heating up. Okay? We have it's it's just isn't it isn't it funny how China, Iran, and Russia are making their moves at the same time. Hmm, isn't that weird? Why would they do that? Huh? Because they actually signed they actually signed agreements to work together. You know, so uh, I mean, because look at it. It's at a time when the United States is pretty pretty weak. United States is divided politically. We're divided along race lines, gender lines, and any line you can think of, you can probably draw a line between me and you, and they'd probably call that a political division. You know, um, um, our president's falling up the steps. Uh, he's not saying he's not sending strike. He's not sending strike teams, anything like that. Or, I mean, but then again, we don't know those are military operations. We may not know, but he hasn't said anything about it. He hasn't come out and. And, and, and said anything because usually when in history when the American president makes a threat he needs to be strong enough so that other countries listen remember uh, in 1960s I think it's 1965 Kennedy so Cuba that we were going to blow Cuba out of the water if they do not remove the USSR missiles USSR missiles were gone uh, in the 1980s Ronald Reagan, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall when talking about the Berlin Wall. Guess what? Berlin Wall is gone. You know, things like that. So, Donald Trump, 2017, saying, we might, if North Korea does not stop, we will have to totally destroy North Korea. Nobody challenged him. North Korea stopped. We actually had a good thing going with North Korea. Trump actually stepped into the neutral zone, which is actually pretty crazy, because the North Korean soldiers could have really grabbed him, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. But, hey... That's all I have for you for episode 29. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful that God sent his son. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all my new listeners. Thank you to everyone who's been listening over the past couple months. So we've been doing this for about two, about, about two months now. It's been about two months. So And we're like 30 episodes in. So Oh, almost 30 episodes in. So thank you so much all for listening. Thank you to all my listeners, near and far, domestic and abroad. I saw, I looked at some of my analytics. I saw people in Italy and Australia and Canada and so many other places in Venezuela and, and, and things like that. Let me just, let me even, I'll even pull up the chart for you. Let me, let me just, let me just find this chart right here. 
Let me find my all-time chart location. I'm just got to start naming some of these countries, okay? Because because you folks are amazing. You know, you, you folks are truly amazing. You truly blow me away. You know, got folks in like uh, the UK, uh, Spain, Venezuela, Australia, you know, Canada, Mexico. It's just, wow. All over the United States. Wow. So, thank you so much. And um, go ahead and do me a favor and share this podcast link to one person. And if you have any questions or comments for me, um, go ahead and go to my website, pursuitoftruth.info. Scroll all the way down to the email section and go ahead and send me an email there. You can even ask me a question and I won't say your name, but um, I will answer your questions on the next episode of my podcast even. And if you also would like to donate to me, if you like what I do, like what I say, you can also donate to me as well. So go ahead and go, if you want, if you want to donate to me, go to my website, pursuitoftruth.info, scroll all the way down to the PayPal link and consider donating $1. So thank you again. And I will see you tomorrow on Wednesday. We're going to be doing When AI First Met You, part four, continuing our series there, talking about electronics and things like this. Stuff is so legit. So thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for listening. And I will see you tomorrow.